Good morning, church family. Come on, let's worship the Lord together. Is anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord today?
in our hearts. We worship you, Jesus. We're so thankful for you and everything that you do in our life. Go ahead and high-five your neighbor and say, welcome home. Welcome home and grab a seat. Welcome home. We're so glad you're here this morning to worship with us. And uh, if you're a first-time guest, we just want to say welcome to the Dothan First family. Uh, if we haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Pastor Will. I'm the youth pastor here along with my wife, Lindsay. And uh, again, if you're in person for the first time, maybe you've been here for a while, you haven't got connected with, the, with us uh, we want you to take a uh, text, D1 text to 84576 or scan that QR code or there's a connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. We want you to grab that, fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having because we want to follow up with you. We want to thank you for being in this place and uh, we want to exchange that for a gift. And so if you'll please do that, uh, again, there are plenty of other things that you can do with that card, but for our guests especially, we just want to welcome you. Dothan First, can we welcome our first time guests? So glad you guys decided to worship with us today. And uh, also on D1 Text, there's a number of things that you can do even if you're in the house. You can get connected that way. You can uh, do prayer requests. We want to know how we can be praying with you and for you. You can sign up for life groups. And if you didn't sign up when we had the booths out last week, there is still a table. You can scan that QR code for life groups. We want to encourage you to get in community. That's one of the ways that we grow in God's kingdom. So please sign up for life groups or grow track. Share your testimony, child dedication, baptism. There's a number of things that you can do and we want to make that available to you so please utilize that and guess after service if you don't mind if you uh you can drop that connect card in the giving boxes as you exit or we have our guest reception available and we really want to encourage you to go there uh we, we have our elder, elder excuse me elders that will be there uh after service please step into that room as you exit it's the door to your left uh the room it says guest reception please go in there we'll, we'll exchange that gift for you there and um again we just want to we want to introduce ourselves but also tonight somebody say tonight is the official launch of our young adult ministry. It's at 5 p.m. here in the main building, and we're so excited. Uh, we have the best communicator in the planet going to preach the word. Pastor Mark Bensey is going to share, and uh, we're going to have a time of word and worship. We also have a nacho bar. Uh, if there's anything I know about my age group, we're always hungry and we like to eat. So please come, and I want to encourage you, anyone between the ages of 18 or 35, if you just graduated high school, you know your reach is way further than ours. I encourage you to invite somebody to this. We want to bring as many people into this place as possible because we want to impact the kingdom for Jesus. But again, that's tonight at 5 p.m. Please bring somebody. There'll be worship word, nacho bar, free event, but also you can register with the QR code that's on the screen. Somebody say tonight. Also, after service, after service, uh, if anyone 18 to 35, you'll please hang out. 
uh, Pastor Mark just wants to have a brief, uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Michelle want to talk with you briefly for about five minutes or so. So please hang out in here. Uh, please come to the front. I know most of us will be exiting, but come up to the front. That'll be really quick, but that'll be after service. Also, our girls ministry cake auction and luncheon after service on October 9th. That's next Sunday. We want to encourage you to, to uh, get tickets for that. Uh, they're in the lobby for $10. It's $10. That's it, $10. And so the cake auction is free. These will be homemade cakes made by our Dothan First people. Please plan to attend to continue to support our girls' ministry. And I just want to briefly say this. Now more than ever, we have a real need for gender-specific ministry. So we want to encourage you to support this ministry so we can, can, can continue to empower young women to be the women God has called them to be. So that'll be October 9th. And then last but not least, our trunk or treat will be happening Sunday, October 30th from 5 to 7 p.m. We love trunk or treat. It's a way for us to reach out to our community and uh, invite them onto our campus for a night of love, encouragement. So we would love to see you host a trunk. I know some of you get really, really, really creative. So please get creative. Uh, here's even a little tip for you. You can partner with somebody else and, you know, you do two trunks together. But what we want to do is create a, salt, uh, a safe alternative for our, our community. And we want them to get them on our campus. And we just want to have a night of fun. So please host a trunk, pick a theme, uh, decorate, dress up. Adults, this is a chance for you to become children all over again. And so please do that. Uh, pass out candy or even donate candy. Uh, you can do that out in the lobby. We want to encourage you to do that. And today is going to be a good day. Amen. So without anything else really to share with you, I just want to bring up our pastors, Mark and Michelle Benson. Can y'all give it up for them? All right. Well, it is a great day of celebration. And uh, today is something that's very near and dear to our hearts it is a pastor appreciation month and specifically our staff pastors we want to bless them today and you may have seen out in the foyer as you were coming in tables with their picture uh, just a card reception opportunity for you and if you forgot about that certainly throughout the month you can do that but also there are little cards that you can write something special just to be able to say thank you for all that they do and we're so proud and grateful to have so the, one of the greatest staffs in all of the world right here. I mean, not just the, the giftedness and the, the calling and faithfulness, but, uh, and they've, I mean, they are, I would say, the low maintenance, high quality, high output, 100%. high octane leaders. 100%. Uh, but beyond that, the chemistry that they have uh, with one another and with you as a church I'm just so proud and honored to be able to um, invite them individually to the stage or with their uh, respective spouse today, but it's such a joy to be able to serve with them. So listen, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite them up uh, as, as couples or as individual here, but uh, Adam and Andy Sullivan, would you come to the stage? Come on, give, give it up hand. for them. Yeah. Come on in. We love this couple so much, and I just want to say, first of all, to... Uh, Pastor Adam, uh, so honored that they are not just part of the team, but we've known them for a whole lot longer than what we've served together here in Dothan. And what you may not know about uh, him, specifically Pastor Adam, is that not only is he uh, a master worshiper and worship leader, but a master electrician. And so pretty much everything that you've seen in this church, he's had his hands on and in, and the things that you don't see up are all through uh, the lighting and uh, video works, all of it. 
Uh, he's, his fingertips and fingerprints have been all over it. And I just want to say thank you for saving this church thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars by doing all the work that you do. And beyond that, just the friendship that you bring. We love and honor you. And uh, I know Andy, uh, we love you as well. Yes, absolutely. Like he said, we've been friends for a long time and you've been such a good friend to me personally. And I've loved watching you be a wife and a mother and you're just an amazing wife and mother. And I don't know if all of you guys know, but she is a full-time counselor professional counseling because she knew she needed some help with Adam and so she's like I gotta go get a degree but no, she is um, like pouring her heart um, weekly to over 40 clients probably more than that now um, so she's um, works at home but online with that counseling but also is a big part of our kids first church junior and she volunteers there and you're just full of care and wisdom and I just love and appreciate how you support your husband and how you open your home to host people and just love on people appreciate you yeah one more time can you give it up for them we love y'all so very much pastor Hayden Sullivan would you come to the stage come on give it up for her yeah come on now Oh, she is, she is like the joy yes. of, of, of... in the center, in the center. <laughs> yes. She loves this so much, <laughs> but we get to do it today. That's okay. right. We're so honored to be connected to you. And there was a season when she graduated that she was here briefly and getting ready for what she thought maybe another assignment. And uh, God strategically placed her here in a season of transition that was uh, a godsend to both Michelle and I. And uh, now she is uh, not just one of our gifted leaders, but also she is an ordained minister of the gospel yes. of Jesus Christ. She is an ordained pastor now. So yeah, yeah. Yes. So we celebrate you today. Yes. She's not, she's our creative pastor, our assistant worship pastor. And um, anytime you see our social media platforms, anything that was graphic, this is, this comes out of her office right here, photo booths. Her, she leads a team to create that and anything that you see that most everything that print like your uh, connection card um, anything like that this comes out of her office and I just love and appreciate you so much for so many reasons that I don't have time and I, I know that he's like don't be taking so much time um, <laughs> and videos any of the videos and even what she put together up here this is her work right here but I love because I always call on her when when I have those ideas in the middle of the night. Um, she doesn't it, call her in the middle of the night. I don't call her in the middle of the night. And I come in and I'm like, hey, I had this, what I think is a God idea, but I want to give it to you. And um, how feasible is this? And she always says, yes, I can do it. And she always does it with excellence or I will research and learn how to do it and yeah. we'll get the job done. That's right. So I just love and appreciate you that I can count on you, that we can count on you, what you do for this church. We just love and appreciate you so much. Yeah, give it up for Pastor Hayden Sullivan. Love and honor you. Pastors Will and Lindsay, come on up here. Yeah, give it up for them. <laughs> oh, I, Pastor Will, um, he, he's always on assignment with me because um, not only does he oversee youth ministry, but uh, he oversees a lot of the, the speaking content because um, I'll go to him with uh, creative ideas or, or what I think is creative and he makes it creative for me and with me. 
but uh, so honored to share the pulpit with you often. And uh, that's such a joy to watch you thrive in your gift. And um, when he's not here, you'll, you'll find often that it's not a vacation, that he's actually ministering in another church or reaching out to, uh, to minister in other cities. And so I'm just so thankful to God that you're not only part of the team, but uh, we, we have uh, this thing where we think alike, same Enneagram number. So you got to watch out for us when we're together. If okay. Michelle yeah. has to... Michelle has to put up with us. But anyway, I love you so much and so proud of the gift that you are to this church and to myself and Michelle personally. Absolutely. And Pastor Lindsay is obviously, she keeps Pastor Will in line, and we all know that, right? <laughs> but um, just appreciate what she does for the student ministry. And she just loves, loves the students yeah. so much. And um, just appreciate that. But she is probably... There's so many gifts that she has. Um, I could, and I do have some listed here. But anytime you see anything with fundraisers, this lady right here is got it going on yeah. and organizes everything, schedules the first impressions, making sure everything in the lobby each week is um, top notch and does it in excellence. And um, she. You have many gifts because you are really a deep well. And I think she comes across as quiet. And she is. But let me tell you something. She is very discerning. And if she says something, I always listen to what she says because I know that she's heard from the Holy Spirit. But her strong, strong, one of her strong gifts is administrative. We all know it. We've all had the Pastor Lindsay administrative gift. We've worked with it, worked under it. And um, she is the most organized person I know. Yeah. Like, she needs to have her own TV show. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I mean, anytime I come in, I'm like, hey, this, this, and this. She goes, yep, I've already done it. It's on your desk. Yep. I've already thought of that. I'm like, how did you think of that? I didn't even think of that myself, <laughs> and it's about me. But so blessed. And she, for we, when we hosted district council here last April, I couldn't have done it without this woman right yeah. here. So much so, and I'm, I probably might get fired for what I'm about to say. Mm. All right, then. So much so that I had heard little rumblings from the district office that they might want Lindsay to work there. And I said, okay, don't make me come to Montgomery and burn district office oh, now. Look you know out what I'm now. saying? Because look out. Yeah, she is ours and you cannot have her. But she is such a blessing oh, awesome. and um, just a joy to be around and so glad that you're part of the team. Y'all yeah. give it up for we Pastors Will and Lindsay. Love y'all so much. Pastor Carl and Nicole Green, come on up here. We love you. Come on, give it up. Yeah. Uh, we love this couple. Pastor Carl has been, both of you have been part of this team for uh, way more years than we've been here. And, and you have served so well and so faithfully. Pastor Carl is the CFO here, if you did not know that. Uh, also administrative pastor, so uh, he oversees a lot of meetings and things that are going on behind the scenes, as well as if something goes wrong in the church. He's one of the first ones I call to troubleshoot it. Uh, I think he knows pretty much every person in the city that can help us do something, uh, whether it's an air conditioning that goes out or plumbing that needs to be done. Whatever it is, uh, he has the pulse on this city to know how to get it done. And I thank God for him. But he's not just that. He's a gift to Michelle and I personally as well as, as a dear friend. And I'm honored to serve with you. Uh, brings a lot of stability to the staff. 
uh, as, as what I would call an elder statesman. Can I say it that way? Is that the right way to say it? As a grandfather and father and elder statesman, he can kind of oversee uh, some of these younger ones as well as Michelle and I in a good way, in a positive way, and uh, really lead us with, with efficiency. But I do want to say as well, you know, there's, it's the, the, one of the most significant jobs in a church is, is the CFO. That's the responsibility of keeping every, every I dotted and every T crossed when it comes to uh, financial integrity and stewardship. And I thank God that he does it so well. And uh, I'm so thankful for you. We love you and we honor you today. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to honor Nicole this morning and you've been just such a personal encouragement to me in my life. And I know those of you that have been here for a while have known that years she was the worship pastor here. So right now she is in a season of grandma and honey, you do it and you do it well. <laughs> Let me tell you 24/7. something. 24-7. 24-7. She loves those babies and such a nurturer and such a mama and um, just appreciate you. And always, always, if she's needed in the nursery, it's like, yep, I'm back there, I'm back there. And so I just love and appreciate yeah. you so much. Just your heart to want to serve in whatever area that you're needed and just so appreciate you. So yeah. y'all give, give it up for Carl and Nicole. Yeah. Josh and Natalie Pinheiro, come on up here. Kids pastors extraordinaire, give it up for them. Yes. <laughs> love you guys so much here right there yes. get in the hot spot get in the hot spot step into the spotlight young man I got to tell you the most creative guy I'd ever met in my life and going back to the earliest years of our connection I just knew we were going to be doing life together I just had no idea how long and in what geographic locations it's taken us all it seems like uh, it's taken us years as we've come together to realize how God uh, orchestrated it. When we look back over those earliest of moments, we realize, wow, God, God really knew what he was up to. And uh, pastors Josh and Natalie do an amazing job with kids ministry. They're, they're great uh, leaders together. That's, that's a bit unusual, just being honest, to have similar gift set, but to be able to do it well together. And they, they absolutely, uh, they, what, how Cameron says it, they crush it every week when it comes to this. But, um, you know, when I think of what Disney does, and, and I realize it's, you know, Disney has a, a, a lot of good, and then they've got some controversial, but the one thing about them is they, they seem to do everything with excellence and with uh, a, an eye to be able to reach, especially young, the, the younger kids. And Pastor Josh, I've never seen anything like it, my friend. If you, if you have never gone down to the Family Life Center to see the creation that this mad scientist has put together uh, when it comes to the time machine and all of it, it's just phenomenal. But the whole point in the heart is to reach children, to reach kids with the gospel message of Jesus Christ in a creative way. And I grew up with the flannel boards. Y'all remember the flannel boards at Sunday school? That, you know, where it was like you, you weren't really engaged with the storyline of Jesus. With this man, it comes alive. And it comes alive because it's in his heart uh, to reach people with the gospel. 
And he has such a love for people. And I love you, my friend. You're a gift to this house. I love Absolutely. you, buddy. Absolutely. I love you, buddy. And Pastor Natalie, I love you. We've been together for a long time. For those of you that don't know, we, they were with us in Huntsville. And um, we're just so excited that you guys are here with us doing ministry and doing life. But I just love and appreciate you and what you do for our kids. Church Junior, which is our nursery, our infants through kindergarten. And let me tell you something, parents. This lady up here loves your babies. Yeah. She loves them so much. And I just appreciate what you do to pour in each and every week, getting the lessons ready and getting ministry ready. Because you know, how many of you know, we don't babysit your kids. Right. We minister to your kids. Right. Because kids' ministry is just that. It's ministry from infant all the way to fifth grade. It is ministry. And each week, putting the lessons together and the schedule together and pouring into that. And some of you may already know this, besides what she does, she, she too, like all of us women, let's just be honest, keeps her husband in mind. And we're <laughs> thankful for that. But she also heads up the Kids First Discipleship Program that they do um, down there in our Kids First Church. But also, Pastor Natalie is the voice in the hands of Dothan First every day of the week. If you call here at the church, you're most likely going to get a hold of her. And she is there to... Uh, direct you wherever you need, but also pray for those in need. And she also is the hands and the scheduler of Feed Dothan because we have that feeding program that we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays here. And she is constantly out there ministering, making sure that the people pick, get their box of food and is so um, kind to them and praise a blessing over there. And we just really love and appreciate what you do. Um, not only on Sundays, but during the week, too. Y'all give it up for Pastors Josh. and Yeah, we love you guys. And the last couple who is, we'll pretend I'll stand in the middle with Michelle if you want. We'll stand in the middle for this one because Pastors Wayne and Kathy Benson, the pastors of leadership development here at, Dothan, at Dothan First. Can you give it up for them? Yeah. We love and honor you guys, and we know that right now they're ministering in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, one of the churches that they uh, coach and oversee, and uh, we're just so proud and honored and thankful for you. You're such a gift to Michelle and I, and if you all don't realize this, uh, they, are, they are the brains and wisdom behind decisions that Michelle and I make. We're so very grateful that we can turn to them for prayer, for encouragement, for love, for support. But they are such a gift to this house and they bring such dedication and faithfulness and wisdom to us and to this church. And uh, we don't know what we'd do without you. We're so thankful for you today and we honor you as well today. So can you one more time give it up for my mom and dad, pastors of leadership development here. We love you. Well, here's what we'd like to do. We're gonna go ahead and pray over our team of leaders. And if you just stretch out your hand as though you got your hand on their shoulder, backing them up as we pray this prayer of blessing. Lord, I thank you so much for each gifted leader, Lord Jesus, that, that you have assigned to this house and this task. 
Lord, it is for such a time as this that you've called them and equipped them. Lord, I pray that they would never grow weary in doing well, that they would always feel encouraged and supported. God, that they would always feel uplifted, that God, they would know that they're not operating in their own strength, but they're operating in divine strength, the, the strength of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you for a church that is so keenly aware of what pastors go through and that they're so incredibly supportive and encouraging. Lord, they are a, a, a blessing to each one of us. So God, thank you for creating a team of leaders that would have the chemistry and the fit to serve this house well and to do the work of the kingdom that we could advance your business, Lord, the king's business. God, thank you for divine direction. Lord, I pray in the days to come that they would have, Lord, uh, dreams and vision from you, God, uh, to reach this city and to reach this, this surrounding community, to reach this world with the gospel message. Lord, I pray you would equip us and empower us to do what we've been called to do. And Lord, as we stand on the front lines, with you, Lord, I pray that not one of them would be injured along the way spiritually. Lord, we just pray a covering over them and their households that, Lord, your, your precious uh, blood and, and that would cover us and the, the angels of protection that would be put as guards around us would keep us safe emotionally and spiritually and relationally and physically. In Jesus' name, we pray it all. Amen. 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 Would you just give it up for this leadership team one more time as you're seated? God bless you. We love you guys. And we're so thankful for each and every one of you. Well, listen, today, uh, I want to take just a moment to remind you that on your way out, those pastors will be out in the foyer ready to greet you and take a minute. Uh, if you want to just say a quick thank you to them. I know it would mean so much. Those words of affirmation, those words of encouragement mean so much. So thank you uh, to each of you for your, you know, throughout the year. It doesn't take October to make it past your appreciation. You all have been so appreciative of us throughout the year. And we just thank God for you. Well, listen, it's offering time. We get to give unto the Lord. How many grateful God's blessed you? Come on. He's been good to you. He's been faithful. I'll tell you, we've gotten our hands warmed up, haven't we, today? Uh, with all the clapping, but the, you can see the ways to give on the screen, the five ways to give, and we thank God for your partnership as you invest the hard-earned dollars that uh, God helps you to produce, that you are always faithful to give and to accelerate the vision of this house to be able to win the world, and um, we're glad and honored to be able to partner with you as you give faithfully. We pray God's ex just overwhelming blessing be extended to you and to your family. And I want to take a moment and pray over this time of giving. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity that we get to give. And churches, you're obedient to the giving of tithes and offerings. God's word says, prove me now in this. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. I proclaim financial increase on you and your households. I call for better jobs to those who need or desire them. I declare favor and breakthrough in court cases, settlements, inheritances, and estates that are justly yours. Lord, I pray unexpected monies be discovered. And Lord, I pray for every entrepreneur in this room. May your minds be inspired with godly ideas for creative inventions. 
and for those who own their own businesses. Let abundant blessings be released on your company as you bless your employees. And today, Lord, I pray strategic blessing over families, over marriages, over households. Let there be, Lord, the, the sense of your spirit as they walk into their homes. Let peace reside in homes today. And Lord, I, I just pray you would do what you do best. Give seed to the sower. And you're able to make all grace abound to us so that in all things, at all times, having all that we could ever need, we will abound in every good work. And I bless these, your people, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And uh, again, if you'd like to give in the giving envelopes, you can turn those in at the giving boxes on your way out today. But what I know about this congregation and this group as large as it is, I know there's individual needs that you may have today. And our elders, your elders, are here ready to pray for you. Uh, elders, if you'd make your way toward our various stations of prayer, they'll be stationed in the back over here by this exit sign and back over here by this exit sign and up in the balcony. They're here to help meet your spiritual needs. And in prayer today, we're believing God for absolute transformational miracles in your life, in your household, in your situation, in your relationships. If you have a prayer need during these next few songs of worship, I'm gonna invite you to to just slip out from where you're at and to go back and receive prayer today. If you need a healing miracle, listen, the the Bible is and Jesus Christ's power is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're believing God for miraculous results today as we worship the King and as we follow the biblical command to receive prayer today. Would you stand up and let's worship the king in song. Slip out from where you're at and go receive prayer from your elders today. Let's worship God together.
the reign of darkness now has ended in the kingdom of light in the kingdom of light forever under your dominion you're the king of my life you're the king of my life you reign above it all you reign
above all. You alone are Lord. And everybody said amen. Come on, praise the Lord one more time. Clap your hands with me. He's worthy, isn't he? Jesus is so good. His name is matchless. Amen. We'll be seated if you would. Give your neighbor a fist bump. Tell him you love him this morning. Hope. Normally defined by a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Normally. Conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected normal. But there is nothing normal about our hope. See, our hope can't be found in an expectation. Our hope can only be found in the hearts of men and women who have been chosen before the foundations without qualifications, chosen by a God who positioned us before the world began, purchased us from the marketplace of death when we did not deserve it and postured us as heirs to a kingdom. Our hope was nailed to a cross until he died. But our hope is more than a feeling. So our hope in three days did rise. And for 40 days, he remained teaching us his ways. And then our hope ascended to heaven, commanding us to share this hope with others. Our hope is for the lost who become sister and brother. Our hope isn't a feeling. Our hope is a person. Our hope is in the risen king. Our hope is in the one who lived and for our sins died. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our hope is in Jesus alone. And uh, listen, today, would you take just a moment and give it up for those who are joining with us online right now? Come on. Welcome. We're so glad that you're joining with us today. And I want to let you know that um, we have been partnering with Convoy of Hope for many years now, and specifically when it comes to disaster relief. I know many of you know this. We've had uh, Bruce Headley, one of the, the main uh, organizers of uh, Convoy, has been with us on a number of occasions. So it would not be unfamiliar to many of you, but we are in a crisis in Florida, and uh, here is our what we would consider our neighboring community, and we want to reach out to them in as many ways as humanly possible in disaster relief and showcase the love of the Lord Jesus. So if you'd like to give uh, toward that rescue effort, you can give and just simply put the word convoy on there or hope on there, and we'll know what that is. Uh, but we want to make sure to reach our brothers and sisters in a tangible way. Uh, anytime someone is in need, we want to help. And so we thank God for that partnership. And we're just believing God as that rescue effort continues, that God would strategize a way for us to reach people, not just in a physical way, but in a spiritual way as well. And so thank you for your partnership in that. Well, go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word. Say this with me. Say, I am. What God's word says I am, I can do what God's word said I can do, and I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. 
Now, if you're sitting by your spouse, just look at him and say, man, you look so good. You make me want to wash the dishes for you. I'm telling you, that's how good you look today. And if you're sitting next to somebody that's not your spouse, you just say, I don't know what he's talking about, but uh, you look nice today. You know, just kind of encourage him, whatever. All right. <laughs> Romans chapter five gives us this clear picture Five words in Romans 5, 5, hope does not disappoint us. It's been the theme verse for this series called Hope. And we've been talking specifically about how, how we can have hope at work. And uh, sometimes that's a difficult task uh, to ask of us because some of us, matter of fact, most people say they just don't like their job. It's a necessary evil uh, that they endure work rather than enjoying work. And we understand work is difficult. It can be, uh, matter of fact, every one of us has tasks that are challenging, even if it's uh, maybe a, a job that works toward our gift set. Maybe if you're a business owner in the room, you know as much as you were the one that decided to start that business and you are glad that God's gifted you to own that business, it's still difficult at times. And there's still tough things you got to put up with and deal with. I want to help you over the next few weeks, Lord willing, to give you some hope in the middle of your work. And I, somebody wrote me and said this, that uh, they were struggling to find a job. And uh, so I think I felt like I could read this today. Uh, here's what they said. They said, my first job was working at an orange juice factory, but I got canned because I couldn't concentrate. I know these are groaners, but you know, I didn't write it. Then I worked in the woods as a lumberjack, but I couldn't hack it, so they gave me the axe, okay? Uh, after that, I tried to be a tailor, but I, they said I just wasn't suited for it, mainly because it was a so-so job, okay? Next, I tried working in a muffler factory, but I found that it was too exhausting. Um, then I tried to be a chef and figured I'd add a little spice to my life, but it just didn't, I didn't have the time. T-H-Y-M-E. Okay. I attempted to be a deli worker, but anyway, I sliced it. I couldn't cut the mustard. The best job was being a musician, but I was told I wasn't very noteworthy. Then I studied a long time to become a doctor, but I just didn't have enough patience. These are very punny. Uh, I became a, professor, a professional fisherman but I discovered I couldn't live on my net income. I got a good job working as a, in the pool maintenance company, but the work was just too draining for me. So then I got a job at a workout facility and they said I just wasn't fit for the job. Then I got a job as a historian until I realized there was no future in it. And finally, my last job was working at Starbucks, but I had to quit because it was the same old grind day after day. I'm just telling you, I know it was bad, but it was worth the read. I'm just saying, there, there are lots of people that feel like they're just not in the right job. They're not suited. The, the, maybe they're qualified, but they're, the gift set is not connected. And more and more companies, more and more businesses are taking the time, the extra time, to strategize to make sure that their employees are in the proper fit for their position because they find it's more expensive to, for, to have this constant job turnover for the job that uh, was not properly suited for their employee. 
So what do you do if you're not suited for the right job, the the gifts, talents, and abilities that God has gifted you with? And listen, everybody's got to work. And and even if you're working in that nine-to-five job and it's just not, you know, maybe it's suiting your needs to pay the bills, but it's not really using it to the gifts, talents, and abilities that God gave you, you can still find in the menial tasks ways to honor God. I believe that you can worship God even at work. And I told you this last week, but before I figured out what, uh, you know, having a real job was supposed to look like, I was taught at a very young age, hard work is part of life. And I told you last week, I I worked for Nabisco for a season. And um, then I worked as a drug runner for Jaguar. I mean, I worked for Jaguar as a courier. You'll get that if you look back at the message last week. But anyway, and, and uh, I, I worked in a number of different, uh, different jobs like Kmart. I was an employee. I cleaned the, the inside of the Kmart. And I had fun at all the jobs, and I found a way to enjoy my work. But one that I left out was I worked for RPS. It was Rapid Packaging Services. It was uh, kind of like what UPS and FedEx is now. As a matter of fact, I, I'm pretty sure they ended up getting uh, bought out by one of those companies. And so what I would do is I, I, I was getting ready to get married to Michelle and I knew we needed extra money. And so I worked during the day interning because I was working through uh, counseling and trying to figure out if that was going to be the direction I was going to head. I knew pastoral ministry required a lot of that. And so I was working during the day interning with a counselor and then uh, about four o'clock I would leave to go to RPS and I would uh, just in, in the, the middle of the night until about 2 to 3 in the morning, I was loading up trucks. And it was the kind of those semi-trucks, if you've ever seen the interior, where they flip up these huge um, uh, wood panels to expose the lower level of those, those big 18-wheelers. And I would fill those up, and then we'd drop those panels, those big wood panels down, and then continue to stack up. How many of you were good at Tetris growing up? Come on, somebody. Okay, you remember that video game? Well, that was me, and I became really good at Tetris, but with big old boxes. And that's what I did. And I, I mean, I, I would be covered from head to toe in dirt, but one of the things that had happened while I was doing that in the middle of the night, one of the guys pushed down those big wood panels, and they didn't know that my finger was still underneath it. Yes, and it smashed that finger so hard and it started to, uh, it, it, you could tell that underneath the nail, it was starting to, uh, you know, fill up. I'm not going to tell you all the graphic details, but the point is, it didn't crack the nail. And um, so here's what the guy said. He's like, uh, dude, here's what you do. And he took out a lighter and a needle and he, and, and he had me drill a hole into my fingertip. I know it's so bad. And then I kept working. <laughs> and, and I just learned that that's like, that's just what you do. You just, you just buck up and keep moving, right? That's, that's how you do it. And, and the reason that I did it wasn't because I was so proud to work at RPS. It, it wasn't because uh, I loved the company so much. It wasn't because, um, I don't know, that that was going to be my future one day. I knew it wasn't going to be my future one day. But I did it because I was not working for my boss. I was working for the Lord. 
And there comes a place in, in your ministry, if you want to call it that, your job, your vocation, that you realize if you're a Christian that you are not just working for a paycheck, you're not just working for your boss or your company, you are working for the Lord. And when you realize that, everything changes. But I do believe that God designed each one of us with unique fingerprints which means God has an assignment on our lives specifically designed for us to do certain things. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says it like this. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Listen, which God prepared in advance. Everybody say prepared in advance for us to do. Friends, nobody's like you. In all the world, anybody who's ever lived or will ever live, there's no one like you. And God chose to genetically encode your life with unique gifts, talents, and abilities that he wanted to use for his purpose, for his glory, and for his influence. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 says it like this. Each one of us should live his life with the gifts the Lord has given him. So I said last week, if you're struggling in a mismatched job, if it's just a temporary situation where you're working to pay the bills, that's great. I think that's wonderful. Hard work should, uh, you know, it, it should produce something positive, even if you're in a mismatched job. But one day, I'm going to have to stand before the creator of my body and my mind. One day, I will stand before God. And I will give an account, not just for who I led to Christ, but I will stand before God for every moment of my life that he gave me. Because every second, every minute of your life is a precious gift from the Lord. He gifted you with today. And so if he's going to call into account, what did you do with what you were given? Because all of us, all of us want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But if you look back at that storyline of those servants that he spoke to, you know what he said to the, the first and second one? You remember that they had taken the time to do something to invest their fingerprints, their hard uh, uh, work into what the, their master had given them. They did something with the time that they were given. But the one who did nothing with the gifts that were given to him, what does the Bible say? He said, depart from me, right? He's like, you are a lazy servant. And so I don't want to be lazy. And I believe if you're continually working in a mismatched job for your entire life, never using the gifts, talents, and abilities that God, the Bible says, prepared in advance for you to do, then I think you're missing the mark. And you've got to be careful about that because it's not just about making money. It's about making a life. And that life should be under submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we often compartmentalize our lives thinking, well, this is my spiritual life and this is my secular life. And you think that God only smiles at you when you're doing, quote, the spiritual stuff. I'm reading the Bible so God smiles at me. I'm praying so God smiles on me. Or I I don't know, I'm witnessing or I'm doing something nice. I'm helping old ladies across the street so God smiles at me. Friends, can I just tell you, God smiles on you when you're doing what he's created you to do. When you're being who he's called you to be. And when you're taking the time that he's gifted you with and investing it into things that are going to matter for eternity. He put you on this earth for a reason and some people don't realize that God smiles on you when you close a business deal because God made you to close business deals. 
He smiles on you when you complete projects or when you study for tests and do well in those assignments. God smiles on you when you put your hands to work. When you develop new software or when you write a new song or you teach a child, God is smiling because that's what my child was created to do. That's my little girl. That's my little boy right there. Just like we as parents do for our kids. I was at a Dothan High football game for the first time since my daughter graduated. And so now I'm watching the games a little differently because I used to sit with the parents in the cheer section and I would look down and see my little daughter doing this little thing after she'd do a handspring or whatever. And, and she was waving at me. She wasn't waving at y'all. She was waving at me. Because I'm her daddy. But now I'm at this game and I'm not seeing her there. And, but I wasn't sad because I realized now she's in a new assignment in her life. And she was here uh, with four of her college roommates because of the evacuation of mid-Florida there and so she came home and stayed with us for a few days which I absolutely loved and on the way out I real she's like oh I got to get my oil changed and so uh, without her knowing it I ran out got the oil changed in her car and got gasoline in her car she didn't ask me she said she was going to do it but but I went ahead and did it and when I came back home she sang a worship song to me she hugged me and said you're a good good father yes you are so anyway that is my job I did not take pleasure on that Saturday morning rushing around trying to hurry up to get that oil changed, waiting in line. I did not take pleasure in the, at the gas station looking at how I just kept filling up and filling up and filling up. And I'm looking at the, the price of the gas. And I'm, I'm, I was not, it wasn't that that was some great joy, like I'm created to pump gas. But oh, friends. I can worship the Lord with that kind of work. Why? Because God called me to be a father, a good father, to that little girl. Are you following this? So even in the menial task, in the mundane task, friends, listen, if you're changing a diaper for your child, everybody else thanks God you're doing it. But you're raising a child, you're loving them, and God smiles on it when you do it. Your whole life is spiritual. Why? Because most, you spend most of your waking hours working and God smiles when you use the gifts that God gave you. Romans 12.1 says, offer yourselves. This is like an act of worship. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing him. Listen, this is the true worship you should offer. True worship, even when you're working. So what kind of work worships God? Well, when you express the talents and gifts and abilities, and we talked about that last, last week. If, if you're a teacher, then teach well. If you're good at numbers, be a great engineer or an accountant or working with computers. If you're good with words or writing or speaking, then write or speak, right? If you're good at athletics, be a great athlete. If you're great at watching sports, I'll be over this afternoon. How do you choose a career? We talked about this last week. It's not about what your parents say or what your peers say or even what the pay says. Friends, listen, sometimes you should turn down promotions. 
This is not taught in American culture. And I don't know why, because we think that two is better than one, right? Two dollars is always better than one. Well, friends, can I just tell you, if it takes twice the effort, twice the energy, and you're not able to spend any time with your kids, any time with your spouse, any time enjoying life, any time making a, a difference in other people's lives, if you are exhausted and frustrated and you come home every single day wishing that you could go to sleep instead of now giving the best of yourself to those who love you the most, then you're missing what God called you to do and to be. Because God did not call you just to get one extra dollar. I'm not saying don't work hard. Don't mishear me. But you've got to be careful. When you say yes to a, a job promotion, friend, that could be the worst decision you could ever make in your whole life. You're saying, Pastor, what are you saying, man? I worked to get that promotion. Yes, you did. And you're great at the current job you're in, the current assignment you're in. But if you take that next step, you might be underqualified in the, the new position. Now, I'm not saying you can't learn, you can't grow. But spending your, the rest of your working years in constant frustration, I, I just don't want to see that happen to you. Because one day we'll give an account to God based on how we choose our work. Romans 12, 6 says that we are to use the different gifts in accordance with the grace that God has given us. What grace has God put on your life that he's gifted you with that he hasn't gifted me with or vice versa? Are you becoming all that God made you to be? And here's a good self-appraisal verse that I want you to listen to. Romans 12, 3 says it like this. Try to have a sane estimate Everybody say sane estimate. Romans 12, 3. Try to have a sane estimate of your capabilities by the light of the faith that God has given you. What did God make you to be? See, I believe that success is being all that God made you to be and doing all that God called you to do. Success, in my definition, is uh, the progressive achievement of God's goals in God's time. But what if you're in the waiting room, what I call the waiting room, like I was at RPS, right? Loading up boxes, smashing my finger. That is in the waiting room if I've ever had one before in my lifetime because I did not like the work. I didn't enjoy the work. I wasn't talking to people because we were just loading boxes. So it was me and just an, another dude. And he was usually at the end of the, the scanning the boxes while I was loading or vice versa. So it wasn't even like I was investing into somebody. That was the season I was in. And friends, all of us are in seasons of life at different times where we're not working toward our, our greatest gifts. What do you do in the waiting room? What do you do with that time in the waiting room? Well, like I said, it's the progressive achievement of God's goals in God's time. Some things are God's goals and not God's time. I've told the story before, but I used to say to our youngest daughter, she wanted to drive when she was like 13. I'm like, hey, baby, listen, right now is not the time. But when you're 16 and you go through the driver's ed and daddy sits with you and drives with you for a while and tests to see if you're good at it, then, it, then it'll be God's time. It's God's goal, but it's just not God's time yet. And for some of you, that's the work that you're currently in, and I understand that. But here's what it says. 
Because success is when you work as though you're working for God. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, everybody say whatever you do. (laughs) Work at it with all your heart as though you are working for the Lord, not for men. Remember, here it is. The Lord will reward. Everybody say the Lord will reward. He'll reward you for Christ is the real master that you serve. I'm doing this job for God. Think about it. How many of our uh, uh, of those who we now read about, right, in the Old and New Testament were in waiting rooms at times? The Apostle Paul was a tent maker for a while, friends. He was one of the greatest writers of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But can I just tell you, he was also a tent maker. Think about it. Matthew was a tax collector before he ran into Jesus. There was a season where he was a tax collector, and most theologians believe that he actually helped to fund Jesus' earthly ministry. Friends, you don't think God's going to reward Matthew in heaven by being a, a, not just an investor in the kingdom of God, but through that three and a half year period of time, changing the world? Friends, I, let me just stop and say this. There are some in this room that are, that are business men and women. And you are absolutely positively called to help accelerate the vision, not just of this church, friends. This church is peanuts compared to, and I can use that term here in Dothan, peanuts compared to the church at large. And there are missionaries around the world that we support every single week here at Dothan First. And you as a business owner, business leader, are called to help accelerate the vision, to reach people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. You are like Matthew in the New Testament. Think about Dr. Luke. He was a doctor. He wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Think about this. Or at least most most scholars attribute uh, that to him. Medical doctor. Who better to describe the intricacies of what Christ went through on the cross or in the Garden of Gethsemane than a doctor. You know, over the last couple of days, actually in one week, I've seen uh, some relatively potentially career-ending injuries of two quarterbacks. Most of you have watched it and seen it, Tua Tungabailoa and then uh, Bryce Young. Both of them gifted and uh, likely to make money the majority of their life by throwing a football, and both of them having severe injuries. God forbid, and I, I, we prayed for both of those boys uh, when they had their injuries, but God, God forbid, what would happen if they never threw a football again? Would they cease to exist? Would they no longer be beneficial to the kingdom of God? No, friends. You are more than what you do. You're not a human doing. You are a human being. How many things has Tim Tebow gotten fired from now? I can't remember. It's baseball, football, then baseball, then football again. And then, but you know what? He's doing things for the glory of God. You know, my dad, he never, ever thought he'd be in ministry. As a matter of fact, when he was in ministry full-time, he did not want to speak. He ran from from, uh, public speaking. And he'd tell you this. 
To this day, there's times where he says to me that he still gets nervous. This many years later, as articulate as this man is, you know what, he, he was uh, trained to be a teacher and he was, and he was uh, initially gifted to be an architect. But you want to know what happened out of that? God knew that in the waiting period that he needed to be trained to do those certain things. Why? Because he'd go to Grand Rapids and he'd teach the people 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 until that church grew to over 5,000 and then he needed space for it and they did five major building programs to have an almost 300,000 square feet campus there in Grand Rapids, Michigan that's debt free, paid off to the glory of God to help continue the work of the ministry in Michigan. Friends, can I just tell you, Even when you're in the waiting room, God's training you for your future. Don't think that you're working for a boss or a job. You are working for God. And don't ever forget it. So proud of the two former youth pastors of this church, Pastor Bart and Lauren, who just uh, celebrated their one-year anniversary of the church there in Texas. God's using them in a powerful way to be able to reach people in that area in Missouri City. And now I just heard from Pastor Michael, 31 weeks in uh, to his, uh, the ch- from the church, la- the day of the church launch, 31 weeks in, and they've seen to this point, uh, they've had 130 people go through their grow track. They have 100 people now first time serving uh, in their serve team. And they have 70 people that said yes to Jesus in the last 31 weeks. Come on, somebody. That's worth celebrating. Those are investments. While they were here at Dothan First, that wasn't the waiting room. That was the placement of God for that season. And they did what they were called to do in the time that they were given. God is saying there's no job too small. There's no job too menial or too insignificant when you have the right motive and the perspective to worship God in it. And I'm going to invite our worship team up as we prepare to close. There's two characteristics we should always exude when working for the Lord. And that's excellence, right? We do everything as unto the Lord, not for our boss. We do it for God's approval. That means you work hard, not just when the boss is looking, because God, the boss, is always looking. And then next, with enthusiasm, we work for the Lord with a cheerful attitude. Romans 12, 11 says it like this, never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. And here's how you do that, right? If you want to have hope at work, you need to lead in love. Your number one motivator in work ought to be love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says it like this, do all, not some, do all your work in love. All of it. 1 Corinthians 13, 3 says, if I have no love, I achieve precisely nothing. Friend, any job can bring hope when you model Christ's love in it. When you model his love to your classmates or to your coworkers or to your clients or to your customers. Friends, think about the word career. Think about the word career for a minute. How do you spell it, right? It starts with C-A-R-E. Your career has to begin with care in every sense of the word. As a matter of fact, if you put a dash between those last two letters, E-R, it would be a carer. Your career should always, 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 always be you are a carer of the lost, the hurting, the broken, the confused, 
How many people are in your sphere of influence that don't know the love of Jesus Christ? You are a carer to them. How many people in, within your uh, network, maybe even on social media? Friends, you are a carer. You're called to be a carer for Jesus. And if you have people that are connected to you within your employ, co-workers, what have you, that know Jesus, love Jesus, serve Jesus just like you, then you're called, the Bible says, to do good, especially to those in the family of God. You're called to support and encourage them too, to be an influencer, to bless those. Mother Teresa said it, I think, best when she said, it's not what you do that matters the most, it's but, but it's how you love and how much love you put into it. How much love do you have for others? Next week, we're going to, Lord willing, talk about dealing with problems at work. And I'm going to talk to you about dealing with cantankerous people, people that get under your skin, people that bother and frustrate you. I'm going to talk about it. And, and biblically, I want to help you in, I, I would say, alignment for your assignment. Because if you come in always frustrated, how many of you know it's kind of like a doctor who's in the ER? If, he's got, if the doctor has a broken leg or a broken ankle or a broken arm, it will keep him or is sick in body. It's going to keep him from being able to administer the proper treatments to you. And so it is when you walk in limping into work, you know, spiritually or emotionally or relationally. You have to come in prepared and ready with the armor on. Do you know one of my favorite things to do is to pray the armor of God over my life? The helmet of salvation. Lord, I put on the helmet right now of salvation to be reminded that, Lord, everything, cover those things that I, I see with my natural eyes that I could see into the spirit realm, what you want me to see. Lord, let me hear in the, the, the supernatural what you need for me to hear. Lord, help me to say what you want me to say. God, I pray, uh, put on the breastplate of righteousness over my heart. Guard my heart, Lord Jesus. Right? Lord, I put on the belt of truth today. Keep my belt buckled in you that, I, that I'm not wavered or, or moved by the, the cultural things of this world, by what the pundits say or by what the stock market says. Help me not to be moved by that, but to have truth and to walk and function in truth. Help me to have the shoes of peace wherever I go. Lord, help me to be a blessing to someone. Give, give me the shoes of peace. Lord, help me to have the, sh the shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy that try to come in and to attack myself or my family. Lord, I grab that sword of the Spirit, which is your word, the word of Almighty God. Teach me to use this word to bless others. Friends, when you do that, God says, I'm with you and I will help you. But friends, he can't reward you if you're a lazy servant. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we have the opportunity to receive your word, the word of God. And I pray, God, use us at our jobs. Lord, help us to walk in grace and use our gifts and talents and abilities for you. Lord, help us to be reminded that we are working for you. And Lord, if we're just struggling today, in our job and we're not feeling fulfilled the lack of fulfillment may very well just come from our lack of connectedness to you and we'll never be happy if we're not connected to you that if our relationship with you is marred or broken that it's always going to cause 
uh, frustration and discouragement. So right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, if that's you and you'd say, Mark, I want to be included in this prayer that I just need to make sure that Jesus Christ is Lord of every area of my life, every area. For some of you, there may be sin that's separating you from God. Friend, you need the peace of God. And the only way you get peace, the peace of God, is to be at peace with God. And the only way you get peace with God is if you ask for forgiveness of those sins that are separating you. Or maybe it's a first-time decision to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, to make him Lord of every area. Or for some of you in this room, it might be a rededication prayer where you're like, Lord, I rededicate myself to you once again. If that's you in any of those categories, whatever it is, I want you to do this. Would you slip up your hand uh, by the uplifted hand? Just say, Mark, that's me. Include me in that prayer right now. Come on, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Anybody in the balcony? Yes, God bless you. I'm just spanning my eyes across the main floor. Yes, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you guys over here. Yes. Anybody else? Yeah. God bless you in the back. Yes, sir. God bless you. God bless you. You can put, yes, God bless you. You can put your hands down. I want to lead us all in this prayer together. Would you say this out loud after me? Everybody in the room, but especially you who lifted your hands, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you just put your hands together and celebrate the newest members of the family of God? Come on. We honor and support you. We encourage you today with the prayers that we pray over you. And I'd like us to do this as we prepare to close. I'm going to invite you to take out these emblems that represent the Lord's body and blood. Excuse me. These communion elements and our ushers are coming. Uh, if, if you have... Uh, if you've not received these, they're just going to come to the front. And then if you just raise up your hand, wave at them. They'll make sure to get this to you. There you go. But if you just simply peel this back, peel back the top that reveals the bread. This wafer, it represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. That When he was betrayed, the Bible says that he took the bread and he gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body which was broken for you. And as you take it, the Bible says, as you take it, he says, remember me, remember him today. And so today as we prepare to receive these communion elements, I want us to remember what Christ paid for us. He paid for our healing, for our deliverance, for our salvation, for our freedom. So let's receive this bread by faith. Come on, let's take of the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you'll peel back, flip it over and peel back to reveal the juice. After they took the bread, the Bible says Jesus took the cup, he lifted it up. He said, this is my blood, which is the picture of the redemption of your sins. And so as we take this juice, it's a reminder that Jesus paid it all 
for us for every sin we would ever commit. He paid it all for us. Let's receive this by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Now would you stand up and let's worship the King together, thanking Him for who He is and what He's done. Come on. Let's worship the King together. Reign above it all. friends, those that are 18 to 35, Michelle and I would like just five minutes of your time right after this service. And those that are first time guests, we're going to in a moment release you. And if you want to head out the doors and you'll see uh, just before you head out the final doors, you'll see on the left hand side is a guest reception. I'm going to dismiss our leaders uh, and pastors as well. Uh, those that will be greeting you, I want to make sure that they get out there. But those that are 18 to 35, again, uh, if you just, right after this dismissal, if you just make your way to the front, and as soon as we can, I'm going to start that five-minute meeting, just give you a quick update, and then I'll dismiss you as well. Uh, we love you. God bless you. And I want to release you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your family, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Make sure to bless our pastors on the way out with a handshake, a high five, words of encouragement. God bless you. 18 to 35-year-olds, come right on up front. Go ahead and be seated, and I'll go ahead and jump in in about two minutes.